just a heads up, most of our episodes contain some strong language and references to murder and things. Today's episode uh, also contains some sexual themes and language. Sleepy Computer Hey, this is Sleepy Computer. Um, you're listening to episode eight of Sleepy Computer. How far we've come in so few episodes to try yep. so many different genres. I mean, that's the thing. Mm. Um, this uh, genre today is one of the more unusual ones, and it's one I've actually been quite looking forward to doing. Um, there's a genre out there of like business books that are kind of pseudo-fictional. So there'll be like a narrative, there'll be characters, and they'll have things going on in their lives they might have personal lives but the purpose of the book is to train you to be better at some aspect of business um it's one of the weirdest genres of book out there i think in my opinion um and i would love to know how an ai would do at dealing with that so it should basically be pretty corporate um today's episode is brought to you by sort of acme industrial solutions or something i feel like we really should have got a sponsor for this episode because it's so corporate Maybe we'll get one in the future and retrospectively sponsor it. Well, I'm just hoping that maybe this uh, this episode will help me with business and I'll become a business boy. Yeah. And then actually, like, I can go out afterwards and get us a sponsor. You'll be a business boy of some repute. Mm. I think that's, mm. that's reasonable. I'm looking forward to learning more about the business process. I'm looking forward to learning about strategy, how to optimize mm-hmm. my assets and other things of that nature portfolios turnover all that jazz yeah all but of no that. jazz we keep it clean for the kids we keep it clean so without any further ado uh, let's begin today's book today's book is titled widget frenzy widget frenzy yes <laughs> um yeah i'm not entirely sure what widgets are i guess they're like an abstract concept i think widgets okay when i think of widgets i think of max when you go to like there's like a dashboard screen. I don't know. I've clicked on a button and there's been widgets. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like there's little... like a speedometer with your CPU. Yeah, and like um, the temperature. And sometimes it'll play YouTube and you didn't know that there was YouTube on, on the screen for the oh, longest uh, time. Mission Control. That's called Mission Control. Mission Control. Yeah. Weird. That is pretty weird. Well, I think we can assume that it's, it's a different type of widget to that. I think it's a physical thing. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Interesting. Um, yeah, this is this is Widget Frenzy. God damn it, John. It's just not good enough, screamed Mr. Henson as he slammed his fist down on the table. John knew that his production of widgets was nowhere near the required level, but it was still difficult to hear at first hand. Henson was a tough manager, and John knew that he would have him arrested if he wasn't careful. You can either leave immediately, or I will take you to jail. John couldn't believe what he heard. This was ridiculous. His eyes widened as he looked at Henson, who raised an eyebrow. You're gonna have me arrested? He asked. For not meeting my targets? You're damn right, said Henson. He walked up to John with a stern face. I don't want any more excuses from you. If you can't meet your goals, then do something else. John stood there dumbfounded for a moment. Then he remembered what happened last time he was in this exact situation and took action. He turned around and left without another word. He knew that he had to show Henson, whose first name was Greg, that he wasn't going to take it anymore. He needed this job. He didn't really have any savings, as he had been desperate for money when he first moved to California and had to pay exorbitant rent prices in an apartment far from his place of work. 
His other expenses were low, as he had no car, and walked or took a bus everywhere. He also saved a lot of money by not wearing any expensive branded clothing or shoes. All of his clothes had simple designs, and nobody could recognise them as being branded. He couldn't stand people who did that anyway, especially rich people. He thought they put their own status over everything else, including common sense. So why was he working so desperately? To be honest, he wasn't sure anymore. He thought it was for some future purpose, but the management at Global Industrial Limited had made it quite clear that there would be no promotion or pay rise. The future did not look good. He was going to have to do something about this. But what could he do? The leadership at the plant was angry and hostile towards him. Was it worth losing his job over? He was in charge of efficiency, and things had not gone well so far. He had a frosty relationship with the plant's foreman, and the other workers merely found him obnoxious. He didn't blame them. If he was one of them, he might not like him either. Nobody would work hard if they knew a fellow employee was spying on them. And in effect, that's what they had done ever since John started employment here. Okay, so John's a spy. Oh, God. But maybe he's like a, a spy for upper management. Maybe like that's a, what it a means. Like a corporate spy. Yeah, like uh, corporate espionage. Really? And, and that's what being a manager is. You're just spying on the people below you. He went out for a bite to eat at Denny's, as it was cheap and cheerful. Most of the time he brought his novel with him, but he couldn't concentrate. He remembered what happened last week when he'd gone out for dinner with his parents. He was away for only two hours, and upon his return he was immediately shown a list of complaints from the workers, all marked urgent. These damn workers are so unhappy about the conditions at the plant, he wondered aloud. I have no idea why safety equipment and controls are too expensive. I've increased their efficiency by nearly 40%. John's primary method of increasing efficiency involved attaching electrodes to the employee's genitalia. Oh my god, John, you can't. (laughs) It's an option, it's an option. Um, I'm not sure it's strictly, like, approved. (laughs) I I don't think, no, it's not OSHA approved, that's for sure. You shouldn't, you should, if you're listening, don't do this. (laughs) It's it's not, I think you're going to risk injury. You're going to risk a lot of things, including jail time, I'm pretty sure. He pretended it was a safety device to prevent people from doing things that might harm the equipment, which they usually did out of boredom. Many an employee had been given a shock by John's inventions, and not one of them enjoyed it. Shocking! (laughs) Ha! That'll increase their productivity, he said to his boss on the day they installed it. His methods were not questioned by his superiors, at least not to his face. Secretly, John had wondered whether Greg approved of his methods, but there was general approval from the board that electrocution was an efficient way of keeping the staff in line. Um... (laughs) (laughs) At the board level, they're fine with it. When it comes to money, if it makes dollars, it makes sense. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I mean, they've got to to be efficient, and there's fewer Mm. better ways to incentivize people to work harder than... Than electricity. Electricity. They're unmentionables. He realised that his job might be in jeopardy. He could be replaced. After all, they could easily find someone more sadistic and nasty to do his job. If he played his cards right, he could stay in the plant whilst getting rid of his nemesis, Julie from Human Resources. Fucking Julie, what a bitch. She's always, like, coming in being like, oh, John, you can't electrocute the testicles. Well, and you know, but she says it in a nice way, and so you can't, like, go to your superiors about it because she's technically she's technically you know correct <laughs> uh, julie she's always talking about she's like human rights and... i think we all work with a julie right yeah 
just she's a goody two shoes. That's the point. That's our Julie. Goody goody Julie two shoes. He needed something that would really put fear into her. Something a little more complex than electrocuting workers to make them work harder. I genuinely think he's going to murder her. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> this, this, this could take a turn. This book, which is not supposed to be about murder, it might take a turn. I did not expect... I really honestly thought that this was going to be a straightforward, like, Business help novel. book. Yeah. But n- no, definitely not. There's already, Maybe in hell. It's a bit early in the book for there to be an actual nemesis. Hmm. Hmm. She was always lecturing him about teamwork and non-electrical ways to incentivize the staff, but John knew better. The only way to get ahead in the production of widgets was to pass current through the gonads of your employees. That is very true, actually. That is, mm. If you do an MBA, that is covered in week fucking one. Absolutely. The, the gonads are the way to performance. That's, it's the window on the, on the soul. It's, it's the first question on the test. The only way to get ahead in the production of widgets was to pass current through the gonads of your employees. He had the scars to prove it. Which reminded him of another brilliant invention he'd yet to try. Project Alpha! His palms were sweating. And they hadn't been since he was a teenager. His hands snapped back to reality, by the way. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, also, <laughs> his palms sweat when he was a teenager. Why? I, you know what? That Maybe is he was a... just very nervous about exams. And so it just made his palms sweat? Yeah, maybe? I don't know. His hands instinctively went to touch his chest through the crisp white shirt he wore. He drove back to the office and knocked on Greg's office door. Come in, shouted a gruff voice from inside. Greg was pulling an all-nighter, propelled by his usual vice of vileness and sugar. <laughs> Two giant bottles of Mountain Dew stood on his desk, one next to a pile of papers, and the other one next to an overflowing bin full of sugar packets. <laughs> oh, Greg. <laughs> so Greg's just like tearing off the little sachets of sugar and just pouring them into his mouth, I assume. He sounds like a petulant two-year-old. Yeah. If I'm honest. Well, to be fair, he's probably on like a sugar high. <laughs> oh. The walls of the office were plastered with motivational posters advising Greg not to drink too much soda pop or whatever the hell it is that he was doing. None of the posters would ever say what they really thought, though, because they weren't on the payroll. (laughs) (laughs) Sentient posters that change their message according to how much you pay them. Well, yeah, that makes sense. I think every office has, has that. Yeah, pretty normal. Oh, Greg, are you eating sugar again? Said John, a little disappointed. Granules sprinkled from Greg's mouth as he replied, Absolutely not! It's the Mountain Dew. For increased vileness potential. What's up? It's the employees, John started. They aren't as motivated as they could be. Tell me something I don't know, suggested Greg. Listen, John, I am the head of operational effectiveness and the power of the business. What a, what a job title, by the way. <laughs> the power do you think he's got, the do you think he's got one of those like brass Toblerone things with his job title on? Absolutely. And it just does. fully extends off the desk. <laughs> I am the head of operational effectiveness and the power of the business, and I can tell you that upstairs, he gestured at the ceiling, have been riding my ass ever since my last performance review. And when I say riding, I mean literally they've come into my office and... Um, Greg made the universal hand gesture of a masturbating man. Greg! (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so like if you're not meeting your targets, someone from up management will come down and like finish you off. <laughs> but how is that an incentive uh, to do better? I mean, okay, well, up, I mean, I assume it's horrific. It well, it's demeaning. I think probably oh, it's see, like I, I think if anyone from like if a boss came down and was like, "I'm just gonna jack you off," it would, it would. <laughs> make me feel uncomfortable what i love about that passage is he's like oh they're right in my ass as like a weird expression Mm -hmm. and then he's like and when i say i mean literally and you're like oh this is going in a direction and then it does go in a sexual direction but just not the way not the way like that's not riding your ass it's the opposite end (laughs) oh that sounds like can i just say this sounds like an awful place to work it does i think this is literally hell yeah basically i mean they really like they need this book more than the people who are reading absolutely they do (laughs) oh jesus greg greg said john nothing surprises me anymore I'm getting off topic, said Greg, slightly irritated. My point is that they've told me that they are indeed grateful for what I've done and for the company, but say that underground electrical endurance testing of employees via my insidious and cunning corporate policies may be too much for the PR crazy upper management. The nerve of these people. So do something about it, advised John, and his friend's face fell into even more hideousness. Easy for you to say. Indeed, if there's one thing you need in business, it's help. John said, Fortunately, I think I have the answer to both our problems. Greg twisted the cap of his mountain dew, and a fizzy explosion erupted from it. Soda spewed all over the desk and all over John. Shit! He said. It really was John's lucky day, because if that liquid had been an explosive substance, they both would have been history. As it was, Greg's face reddened, and he shouted, What the hell do you want, anyway? I want to talk to you about Project Alpha, John announced grandly. Greg was taken aback. It can't be real, he stammered. It is real, John replied. I really need you on this. Let me get this straight, Greg said, equally grandly. You're telling me that you have a secret plan to increase efficiency? John pulled out a coffee-stained folio from his briefcase, which was fashioned from pure elk leather, and gave it to Greg. Greg opened it, revealing a tower of certificates, pointlessly printed PowerPoints, and other grand-sounding administrative guffawry that made up Project Alpha. However impressive the paperwork was, John knew that a corporate idea must display cutting-edge ideas in a practical and marketable manner, hence the excessive use of buzzwords. I, John stated with pride, hope to change the world. There were diagrams of windmills, pictures of Waffle House menus, and at the very bottom of the paper heap was a crude list of test subject all typed up in Microsoft Word. It was utterly ludicrous, yet it just might work. Greg gave a doubting laugh, rare for a man who had one laugh to give, and moved on to slide one of the presentation. Bullshit, it said in big red letters, circling the word bull. He looked at his watch. The big hand pointed to the word innovation. Well, you have my attention, he said. (laughs) 
Now you know it's innovation time when the big hand on your watch points to the word innovation. It's true. It's what true. kind of a watch is that? What kind of a business watch is it's, this? It, they make it at Swatch. Yeah, I bet. Mm. What 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 are the other things around the watch face? So there's um there's innovation. sleep time. Sleep time. Uh, there's food time. Food time. Na- uh, nap o'clock. Nap o'clock, obviously. And then we've got innovation. Um, diversify. Oh, yeah. Diversify is in there. There's the strategy um, hour. Yeah. And then there's also um, poop. Mm. Okay. So Greg is a guy who obviously works in challenging circumstances. So we say. Definitely. Constantly in fear that someone's going to come down and wank him off. I feel bad for Greg. <laughs> yeah. And... I think he's 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 just trying to increase the efficiency of the plan. Well, John, yeah. I think, is the sadist. Like John is awful. He's I'm, I'm worried about John. Clearly, an awful person. Greg just wants to see things progress. John is like, can we use electrodes? Poor, poor Greg. Someone needs to do something Someone about this. Someone needs to do something. It's true. So Project Alpha seems like a bit of a sort of magnum opus for, oh. for efficiency. And I'm it, like, why are there Waffle House menus in it? And windmills. Windmills. What are they going to do with the? What are they going to do with the windmills? And bullshit. And bullshit. But the word bull is, is circle. Not the word shit. Is it talking about a bull market? Maybe. Oh. Oh. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Stocks. <laughs> Stocks, indeed. There must be sort of. There must be more to it than that, presumably. I mean, it seems like Greg was impressed by the folio. Also, Project Alpha presumably has been this mythical thing. And Greg's like, no, you were joking when you said you had a Well, it's plan. wrapped in elk leather. So yeah, which is pretty I fan- think it's pretty old, too. It, maybe. Maybe he's found it. Yeah, buried. Maybe it was buried in his back garden and he's dug it up. In like Montezuma. Maybe. Later that week, John woke from a nap to the sound of his two obnoxious children running around the house. He hated school holidays, just like everyone else. Laura was a pain in the neck and kept pestering him to buy her loads of stuff, which their decreased and minimum wage income couldn't really afford. His son, James, well, he just set stuff on fire. It was all very annoying. The alcoholic mess that was his wife didn't even stand up to the little devils. She just hid in her bedroom, no doubt drinking more vodka to forget her worthless existence. Oh, this is a bit harsh. Oh my god. This is a bit harsh. It was the American dream. He sighed, got up from the sofa, and knocked on his wife's bedroom door. Jennifer, are you awake? He asked. The hysterical mumbling rose in pitch and stopped. Go away! She managed to say, between hiccups. (laughs) He knew what that meant. It meant yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she was awake. He opened the door to find his wife curled up in a fetal position on her bed. Oh, she slurred. You're here. Now why did he bother? John threw his hands up in despair. His wife soon added, And so is the rest of the world. Listen, we need to calm the kids down. They're running around and driving me crazy, stated John. Jennifer was such hard work. And she never helped out with the kids, other than to drink their tears of frustration away, that is. That is, like, a, a, a metaphor for alcohol. No, I just picture her taking, like, a martini glass and holding it up to their face. <laughs> just like, let me suck on your eyes. <laughs> your tears sustain me. <laughs> he really didn't know how he ended up with her. Well, actually, he did, a, a drunken night out. 
Jennifer didn't even move an inch to get off the bed. She uselessly pointed at her chest and slurred. Me? I'm not the problem. It was all too easy to hit a woman who had 12 fingers. But John never would. He was very frustrated by her lack of care towards his children, though. Okay, so good to know that John doesn't slap his wife about. That's yeah, great. Because like, I, I am worried about John. She I, also has 12 fingers. Oh. Can we just, <laughs> for a hot second, focus 12. on that? That is too many fingers. That's a little too many. That's even too, you, too many. Even if you count the thumbs, that's too many fingers. Yeah, absolutely. But if you don't count the thumbs... Oh that's... my god. <laughs> Jesus. He stormed out into the dining area and shouted, Laura, James, get in here. I have something to tell you. The twins came running down the stairs and nearly tripped over a pile of severed animal heads from various hunts past. Oh my god! Of course he's a trophy hunter. Oh, he would. Or are we sure that it's him? Or is it, is it his, it's wife? his wife? Not only are they trophy hunters, but they keep <laughs> severed animal heads at the Just bottom uh, uh, like of the stairs. Around. That's very annoying. If nothing else, you should use those... Um, little uh, things that you put shoes on to keep them off the floor oh yeah like a like a rack yeah yeah that would, mm. be, that would, be, that would be great for keeping your seven animal heads <laughs> away from the foot of this it's just a safety issue that's the yeah if he didn't have his children he'd be drunk in a ditch too what is it dad they asked excitedly and not bothering to hide it as they toyed with the prospect of not having to do any homework tonight do you have any homework james john asked james looked at the floor Yeah, three pieces. I have to write an essay about the invention of the shoe, write a story, and draw a picture. John shook his head in dismay. A fifth grader with three pages of homework? Inspiring. Jennifer screamed. Do you mind? I'm trying to die in here. John rolled his eyes and took the two pieces of paper from James. He screamed back. I don't give a crap if you're dying. Keep the noise down, will you? What are you going to draw a picture of? He asked his son. A house, James said happily. John smiled and spoke softly so that only James could hear him. I think you should draw a picture of that book we burned yesterday. James lit up like most kids do when they're given creative license to destroy the written word and sculpt with flair. All future generations will thank you for the artistic freedom you give them. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so a nice ritual book burning with your son is a great way to bond. I mean, absolutely. You know what? That's why. That's the way I bonded with my father. I wonder what what books they burned. Maybe it was like an opinion piece. Oh, I was thinking it was like Little Women. Oh, maybe. maybe. I mean, because they don't want, well, obviously they don't want women to rise up. Laura had also been given some homework. She said, I have to research for my biologging presentation. John sniggered. Research? You're lucky you're not writing an essay. Still, he handed her a piece of paper. You can research this if you want. It simply said, Herbs! (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer shouted down, and keep that bloody dog away from me! John looked up. Ah, Tyrannazon. Where are you, boy? The dog bounded down the stairs on all five of its limbs, tail wagging. It was a strange-looking creature. Part dog, part lizard, just like its owner. <laughs> oh my god, wait, what? The children loved him like their own pet, and he seemed to understand every word they say. 
Every time you pick another snakeskin off the wall, the kids would hiss and hide Chironas on outside. But he always came back within minutes. Nowadays, he stays indoors all the time. Churro! Get over here! The dog lizard rolled about on the floor, hissing and making the sound of a French horn for reasons only known to him, or rather, it. John pulled out a notepad and used it to tap the dog over. Can I see you for a second? He asked Jennifer. We need to talk about the groceries. Jennifer didn't seem too happy about getting off the bed, but she obliged her drunkard of a husband anyway. Bit rich, people in glasses. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. John whispered to her. How much money do we have left? Eleven, she said, disinterested. And the list says sardines? Jennifer writhed in agony, partially from the hangover and partially from having to swallow her pride. Okay. I'll get them, Happy! Jennifer went to the supermarket to buy some sardines. John wanted to hear the sound of her car engine leaving the driveway before turning back to the kids. Right. Now your mother has gone out, I can talk to you about what's happening at work. He said in a low tone. What do you do at work, Daddy? Asked James. The less you know about that side of things, the better. He shoved an encyclopedia in his face not noticing the fact that it was upside down. This, he said, is where advanced technology comes from. It has made the world a much smaller place. Obviously a big fan of uh, encyclopedias. Very, it's he lo- and it's mo- it's where modern technology comes from. I hope he's got know. like a full like leather-bound set. That he oh, keeps. yeah. He's very proud of them. If, if nothing else, they're useful for shoving into the mouth of his son <laughs> <laughs> to shut him up. He lectured them on the modern marvel that was the encyclopedia for several minutes, pausing occasionally to open an entry at random and read it aloud. Ah, yes. One of my favourite entries, the Bermuda Triangle. Some say it's a magnetic disgrace, but when you think about it, how can it be? It's not near any major magnets. The twins didn't seem convinced of his encyclopedic abilities, and he seemed to notice for the first time that they were there. I'm bored, shouted Laura. James added, Me too. Well, let me tell you all about the secret project at work I've been developing. It's called Project Alpha, he said, leaning in closer. Laura was hooked. She loved secret projects and wanted to know all about this one too. What's Project Alpha? She asked. Is it a robot? Is it going to take over the world? She began to throw herself off the ground. Preparing to listen intently. What, what does that mean? Does that mean she stood up? Like in reverse. <laughs> She's like, ah, hello, cruel world. <laughs> well, you see, what I meant to say is, um, no, it won't take over the world. It's actually... John tripped over his own words. He was really struggling to explain it in a way they could understand. It's a project to make sure everyone who works at the plant is working as hard as they possibly could at all times. Is it like some sort of incentive? Suggested James, correctly. John glowed with fatherly pride that he had such an oversized brain for such a little guy. Yes, just like an incentive. Now James, you're very clever and I'm very proud of you. The dog lay down beside James and gave him a high five. Laura, in the meantime, had gone off on one of her tangents again. How does it work? Oh, that's the best part, said John. It's very simple. 
We take some of the leftover toxic waste that we have lying around and instead of just disposing of it, we give it to the workers. They're totally buzzed and work really hard. And the worker that gets the longest shift every day gets a special prize at the end of the week. Laura's eyes grew wide at this idea and she started cheering at the top of her lungs. Yeah, let's everybody work harder. Now, wait a minute, John said to Laura. There are some side effects. I'm not going to lie to you. Jennifer's face grew serious and she started listening again. Some of the workers get dizzy and sick. And there have been a few cases of spontaneous combustion. Laura's jaw dropped in horror at this news. But only rarely, added John quickly, trying to comfort her. On a cosmical scale of rare events, it hardly means anything. Deep down, however, he knew that Julie from HR would never allow this project to succeed. She was a tall, pale, and severe woman. <laughs> Whatever that means, by the way. Oh my god. She's very a woman. She's Morticia Adams. Who wore black glasses and had long black hair up in a bun. Her office was one of the few in Global Industrial Limited that actually had a door. And if she wasn't in there working, then she was likely watching them all through CCTV. Sometimes when she walked through the plant, handing out her draconian HR mandates, John could swear he heard the faint sound of demonic laughter following her. His hatred for her was red-hot fury. HR will never let us be pure to the goal of success, he lamented. Nonsense, Laura retorted. You knew the risks when you took the job. Besides, if you loved your family, you'd want them to get the latest model of cars and branded clothes regardless of the potential costs to your health. I'm sure all the workers at the plant would agree. John was dumbfounded by her comment. Indeed, he had moved his whole family from a small two-bedroom house in the middle of Nowheresville to a soulless mansion just outside of any town, just so they could have all the top brand clothes and a nice car. <laughs> I love it's like there's an attempt at a moral uh lesson here from the child. But is <laughs> Laura's it, just uh, like Well I'm sure anybody would sacrifice their lives for their family. It's nice, but Yeah. Also I love how when he says they moved, he's like, Oh, we moved from nowhere town and you're like, Oh, okay, he's okay. being it's a metaphor. And then but, he's like, but we moved to any town, the actual real life place of any, any town. Of any town. So <laughs> It, any town in Nowheresville actually exist in this... Yeah, in this universe. Wow. And they're presumably quite far apart. Obviously. But also, like, what an annoying pair of kids. I Yeah, I don't think I'd like them to be... Well, okay. Um, Laura actually seems like she has her head on straight. Yeah. Even though... But uh, what's his nuts? James. James. James has probably had an encyclopedia shoved in his face one, one too, too many, many times. times. Yeah, I I think if you if you had entertainment for your children or or, or um, leisure time for your children that yeah. involves something other than encyclopedias, they'd probably be a bit more, you know, exciting, interesting, yeah. not little shits. They're just quite boring. Ugh. Yeah, it's a tough household, I, and that's an important part of the uh, business book wrapped up in a in a fictional context. Mm. Is the the protagonist must have an awful home life. Usually there's a divorce or something, and then he learns about, you know, management, and, and that also fixes his wife. Well, honestly, though, he should probably divorce. Well, here's the thing. He probably shouldn't divorce her, but he should definitely take her to AA. Yeah, they need help together. Oh Apparently he's God. a drunkard as well, although we've not seen that. 
But it would explain a lot. It would explain so much. It was Monday morning, and the first test day for Project Alpha. The project was still a secret, so Greg and John had commandeered one of the test labs and blacked out the windows. The sign on the door clearly marked it as restricted, with a warning to not disturb them inside under pain of death. It was quite small, and the rest of their colleagues were always so busy that they never went near the labs. Greg and John made sure there was only one safe way in, the lab entrance, which could only be opened with a fingerprint recognition so that they were sure that no stranger could just wander in. There was no exit. Greg had gotten dressed up for the test and was wearing full evening wear. He'd even frosted his tips with those... (laughs) (laughs) But you've got to frost the tips. You just do. He'd even frosted his tips with those toxic chemicals that make your hair sprout colourful hues overnight. And John was sporting a nice pinstripe suit. They were ready to impress the board of directors. John was holding an oversized briefcase chained to his wrist. Inside was a pair of identical bottles containing the toxic chemicals that were supposed to increase productivity. The head of the board, Chairman Ersky, had suggested the tests with such an air of certainty that they would be successful that Greg and John had immediately been assigned to develop them. They were sure they would impress, but even they had not been prepared for this level of enthusiasm. Ersky was a short, oblong-shaped man. He didn't seem to move at all, he just appeared in different places. He flashed around different parts of the room, inspecting the equipment. Yes, he said. We begin immediately. So, Ersky, um, he's like a fourth-dimensional being then, right? Yeah, he's an oblong man who doesn't walk between places. He just flashes. Yeah, I assume... Well, potentially he just walks very quickly. And I guess we wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, but I guess. it appears that he just kind of like goes... Boom, 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 boom. And he's just all over the place, you know? Yeah. He's just... Bop, 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 bop. He's a horrifying creature. Quite scary, actually, that mm. he can just appear at a moment's Like, does he need doors? Can he just... Well, he doesn't, because most of the the office doesn't have doors, as we've now found out. Well, that's true. Although this science lab has a fingerprint thing on it. Maybe he doesn't need it if he can just appear oh, inside can... the room. Yeah, like, he he's beyond doors. And that kind of power, where you can just appear at will, is the exact sort of thing bestowed upon you when you become the chairman of a board of directors. Oh. Not a lot of people know that. I didn't know that. Greg and John looked uncertainly at each other before Greg cleared his throat. <clears> throat> um... We haven't developed the products to be released yet, so the board will just have to wait. A small sputter of blue flame appeared on the top of Ersky's head. Oh. Do you think I have time to waste, you insolent little boy? I want my test. Bring in a worker, he said, emphasising each word carefully. Greg and John looked at the door, as if expecting a worker to just appear there. Now, Ersky shouted, and Craig jumped. A pale-looking technician scuttled up to the chairman, fumbling with his ID tag. Ah! Greber, what kind of sandwich do you have? Ersky asked, his eyes sparkling. The tech looked downcast. Peanut butter, he mumbled. Ah! Excellent choice. You may enter. Having deigned to allow the technician entry, Ersky turned his attention back to Greg and John. Now, I already have workers qualified for this test, so the two of you shall pass the chemicals out and monitor their effect. He turned on his heels and disappeared into thin air. Jesus, Ersky just scares me so much. (laughs) He's a scary man, what can I say? 
Greba was left in the middle of the lab, unsure of what to do. Greg and John ushered him to a chair and set up two Bunsen burners and large beakers. John began carefully pouring from one of the bottles into the first beaker, while Greg was doing the same with the other bottle. Each beaker was simply marked A and B. John split the peanut butter sandwich in half and spread some of the compound on each. It smelled strongly of bees. Not honey. No, but bees. Specifically bees. The body odour of bees. Oh god, that must smell awful. A plump man in an impeccable white coat entered the room, his ID badge declaring him Dr. Beadle. Dr. Jeremy Beadle. (laughs) I must say, the suggestion for the sudden and unorthodox tests have come as a huge surprise to all of us in the medical field. Especially since you have given us no information or time to prepare. Beadle's eyes scanned the room seeming to take in everything at a glance. However, we are willing to comply with your company's needs. The doctor got changed into a full-body biohazard suit and gave Grieber his sandwich laced with the toxic chemicals. The shift manager quailed at the smell of the stuff, but eagerly downed it while the company watched his every move through a security camera. His eyes lit up and he immediately started running laps around the room. Most interesting, said Dr. Beadle, writing furiously on his clipboard. He seems to have gained amazing energy, but shows no negative side effects. This was the idea that Greg and John had come up with. Because their product made the worker superhuman for a short period of time, they could get a lot of widgets made in a short time. They tested this by having a series of raw materials brought into the lab for Grieber to assemble. He turned out a record amount of work for someone under the influence of the drugs. After an hour and a half, the chemicals began to wear off. Grieber seemed oddly calm. I feel great, he said lazily, lying on the floor. All that energy has just gone. But the company was ecstatic. They had just saved months of time and a lot of money. So he's having his, like, come down, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, like, this is... I when... feel great. We're all just like, connected. He's almost high now. Yeah. I suppose that's not a come down, is it? Well, it could be if you're coming down off of oh, Like an accelerant. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I guess so. He's just like, oh, we're, yeah, I've run out of energy. But in a way, aren't we all just energy? <laughs> Suddenly, a knock came at the door. Come in. Called out Dr. Beadle. Chairman Erski strode into the room, accompanied by the world's press. I heard you had an interesting experiment happening, he said cheerfully. These are the workers we discussed earlier. It all seems to be working quite well. The chairman's eyes glazed over as he saw the full-body biohazard suit that Dr. Beadle was still wearing, as well as the incapacitated test subject lying on the floor. Is he all right, man? Ersky asked the doctor. He will be. In about half an hour, Beadle answered. He's just having a rest. This was not what Ersky expected. Still, it was in his best interest to hide what had happened. Ah, nice one. He beamed at the two boys. That's a really good idea you've come up with there. Flashbulbs went off as the press took pictures of the experiment. Grieber suddenly sat bolt upright, and something strange happened. He transformed into a TV celebrity, popular for no discernible reason. Grieber seemed dazed at first, but quickly posed with Dr. Beadle for the cameras. The next day, the company had found a way to turn anyone into a global superstar using just a small dosage of the compounds created during the first experiments. 
They were lauded by the media and the general public for freeing people from their jobs and making everything much better all around. Several of the janitorial staff became supermodels in the Dominican Republic, and Susan from Payroll had a recording contract. Her hit song, Widgets Make the World Go Round, reached number 17 in the Billboard chart and stayed there for a month. The world was now a much better place because everybody could now be famous. The end! What an abrupt ending. <laughs> I also love how it's like not efficient to have all of your staff leave. I mean, no. that seems like a major plot hole. That actually seems... Do you think that they, instead of um, doing widgets, went on to making celebrities? Well, yeah, I think that's the idea. It became like a, a pop factory, like Stock, Inkman and Waterman or whatever. Yeah. They just had people come in and then they just immediately made them famous using this chemical compound. Amazing. Um, can everybody be famous? Ah, uh, well, that's the thing. If everyone's famous, then who's actually famous? I'm tempted to quote Incrediboy. If everyone's super, no one will be. Oh my god. And I think the, there has to be a point at which that's a, a mirror up to society. Everybody has the opportunity. You know, everybody thinks they're famous because they have an Instagram and they need to get over themselves, you know? Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, that's one reading of the, of this book, which, of by the, the way, is supposed to be about business. Yeah. Maybe the maybe it's in trying to find efficiency for your staff, you can't get any better than electrocuting their genitals. So why try? Mm, that's, yeah, that's the moral. Item that makes sense. In the book. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> also, children are awful. Yeah, and your wife's a drunk. Yeah. Probably. They just, the family is holding him back. He would be more successful in his job if he got shot of them. and They can keep the encyclopedias. And he just moved on to being a business boy full time. Why should they keep the encyclopedias? It's he bought like, them. Yeah, probably. Well, we don't know that. They might have been inherited oh. from his aunt. His great aunt, Bertha. I also feel like the transformation happened after the press started taking pictures, right? After the flashbulb. Yeah. So maybe it's like some photosensitive uh, like reaction. Ah, yeah, so as soon as he saw the light, it was like, bam, I'm a celebrity now. It's just a great outcome for the janitors to become supermodels. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, I, obviously, he wasn't really um, happy with his life and where he was. And now he's a celebrity, so good for him. Yeah, I think that's great for Grieber. I mean, he obviously... And his name is Grieber. <laughs> Which is an odd name. And I think we need to address John's dog-lizard hybrid pet. That he is also... Like John is also a lizard person. Potentially, yeah. Maybe Potentially. they're all. Where, where, what, what is happening? Like, are is this a world where all mammals are actually just replaced with reptiles? That's possibly what's happened here. I think. I think. I think mm. you've picked up on something. Uh, the dog has five limbs. I forgot about the five limbs and gives high fives. Yep, and can make the noise of a French horn at will. At will, and that no one can understand why, but he can. <laughs> it's only known to. Oh, also, the the dog doesn't have a gender. Oh it's... right, well yeah, I guess like John was like he, and then he it's kind like, of oh actually he it went back on that yeah, uh, which is also not the pronoun of choice. No, exactly. Well, but, but maybe the dog is happy with that. I don't know. You know. I mean, he's giving high fives left, right, and center, so he must be pretty happy. <laughs> he's very happy with himself, that's for sure. And he, there's as many encyclopedias as he can possibly eat. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think the, the genre of business book is, is safe from us, because I, 
I'm a little disappointed that there was no real central business message. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I'm a business boy at the moment. I thought it would come up with something about like teamwork or or synergy or vertical integration or something. And there's nothing. Although you know what? Here's the thing. Maybe the way to get ahead in business, and this is something that I don't think a lot of people have tried. Yeah. Is shoving an encyclopedia in your boss's mouth. Oh yeah, maybe thoughts. It's, I, it's an option. Yeah, I think. Along with the electrocution. I mean, there's. Yeah, I don't think there's like a core mm. business message, but there's certainly some top tips in there that, that oh, I yeah. will be taking to the workplace. Yeah, definitely. Oh, get me a car battery and some jumper cables, yeah. and I'm ready to go to work. I think that's pretty good. Mm. Well, it's been a relatively successful one, but a slightly odd one. Very bizarre, but I liked it. That's good. If you have a genre that you'd like us to tackle, why not get in touch with us uh, on Twitter at sleepy underscore computer or Instagram on the same handle? Um, and we will take your genre and we will run with it. Um, there are so many to choose from. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just knowing where to point the AI and, and let it run do its thing. Um, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, why not send why not send this podcast to the most business boy you know? And, oh, yeah. And have them uh, be inspired to, to become a titan of the business world. And to do more business. To do more business. I think mm. that's, uh, you know, the best you can hope for is more business. Um, right, great. Well, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll we'll see you next time. Bye.